welcome to bangalore revival center here we dream revival and serve people with love today pastor priji continues to teach from the healing series on how it's important to have faith in jesus and to believe that he is able to heal today's sermon is titled do you believe stay tuned to learn more are we ready to go into the word okay let's begin with psalm 41 today we are familiar with this psalm if you have uh, been in the anchor group for uh, the book of psalms you you must be familiar with this but uh, we will read through the first few verses of psalm 41 the bible says oh the joys of those who are kind to the poor what does it say oh the joys of those who are kind to the poor it is it's it's actually saying oh those who consider the poor the king james king james translation says those who consider the poor they are blessed those who keep the poor in their mind in their heart that are consciously working to benefit them to provide for them the bible says they are blessed they are uh, they are filled with joy they will have reasons to give praise and thanks to god and it it goes on to say the lord rescues them when they are in trouble so what god wants us to do in this season is that he wants us to fix our attention on other people who have need okay when i say poor i mean to say poor in any area of their lives you know we are surrounded by a community that is poor in their health right now they may have a lot of wealth but they are poor in their health so this is a time when we consider them when we keep them at the top of our priority when we pray for them when we are kind to them when we go out of our way to minister to them to help them and the bible says when we do this when we live a lifestyle where we consider the poor when we are focused our attention is on those that have a need in their life the bible says that the lord will rescue you when you are in trouble so you know the best way for us to walk and experience divine healing in this season is if we are intentional to bless and help and serve others who need that healing amen you know we we are all very selfish when it comes to our own needs we are very selfish when it comes to what we want to see happen in our lives and today the lord is saying do you want to be blessed do you want to see your needs met do you want to see god come through for you do you want to see god deliver you from your sicknesses and your uh, physical ailments and your struggles then in this season you need to focus on others who have poverty others who have that struggle others who are going through the same issues and you focus on them and as you focus on them the lord says the lord will come through for you he will rescue you when you are in trouble what does the next verse say verse 2 it says the lord protects them and keeps them alive so i i don't i'm not going to wait till the end of today's service to bless you today i'm releasing this blessing from the beginning of this service the lord says i am protecting you and i am the one who is keeping you alive in this season you are preserved by the ordinance of scripture the lord says as you 
care for those who are in trouble, as you care for the poor, as you care for those that are hurting, I am going to protect you and I am going to keep you alive in Jesus' mighty name. No, nobody in your family will die. Nobody in your community will see the grave because of your willingness, because of your unselfish pursuit of God's presence. You are going to see how God is going to protect you. See, there is very little that the world around you can protect you, right? There's very little that the government can do to protect us in this season. There's very little that our environment can do to protect us. They are helpless. They are clueless. But the Bible says the Lord will protect you and the Lord will keep you alive in Jesus' mighty name. Not only will you be kept alive, it says that he gives them prosperity in the land and he rescues them from their enemies. So in this season, when everybody else is losing money, when everybody else is shutting shop, when everybody else is losing their offices, their careers, their jobs, let me declare this over you. You will prosper in the land, in the same land where there is poverty, in the same land where there is trouble or where there is struggle, you are going to prosper because you know the principles that you need to activate in this season. The principle is that you prioritize others that are in need and automatically the Lord will come in search for what you need. The Lord will come in search to minister to your areas of struggle. Verse 3, are you ready for verse 3? Come on now. Are you ready for this scripture? It says, the Lord, what does he do? The Lord, the Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. See, this is proof that there may be occasions. See, first God says, I'm going to protect you. Right? That's what God said, right? Come on. Verse 2, we read it. Yeah. I'm going to protect you and I'm going to keep you alive and I'm going to make you prosperous and all of that. And then God says, but there are going to be instances, because we live in a sinful world, because we live in a broken world, because we live in a world that, you know, where sin and sickness is rampant, there are going to be instances where some of you will still fall sick. But what does God assure us when you do fall sick? God says, I am going to be your nurse. Wow. I just hope that that will sink into your spirit today. If you've been in a hospital, if you've been in an environment where you've had to be nursed, where you've had to be taken care of, the Lord says, I am going to nurse you when you are sick. So whatever sickness you are struggling with today, it may not be COVID, it may not even be uh, something tangible. Whatever is your challenge, whether it be physical or emotional or relational, whatever areas of your life you are diseased, the Lord says, I am your nurse. I am your nurse. You know, see a doctor, he just comes from time to time and just, you know, tells you what to do and gets off. But it's the nurse who keeps checking on you. Right? It's a nurse who makes sure that she'll be by your bed, make sure that, hey, whenever you need to sit up, she'll come running for you. Whenever you need to, uh, you know, just eat something, she'll come helping you. You know, the nurse practically serves as your friend in need in that particular season. And the Lord says, I'm going to be your nurse. 
When you are sick, yes, first, I'm promising that I will protect you. I'm promising that I will preserve you. However, if there is a season, if there is a time when you do fall sick, then you can trust the fact that you are going to find me as your nurse. You're going to find me as the one who will restore you back to health. And somebody who believed, say an amen, comment an amen, and, and declare an amen that in this season we are going to experience God as our nurse. Wow, wow. I'm so excited for this. It says in verse 4, Oh Lord, I prayed, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. Now, one of the reasons why sicknesses it still prevails on the earth today is because there is sin still on the earth. See, there are three levels in which sin will be dealt with. There is a past, there is a present, and there is a future way of dealing with this sin. Okay? In the past, what did Jesus do? Jesus came and died for us on the cross. And when Jesus died for us on the cross, the penalty of our sin was taken away. So now there is no punishment for sin. Okay? But there is still the power of sin. But now as we walk in consistent relationship with Jesus, that power of sin will be broken. And in the future, when Jesus returns back to take us to be with him, even the presence of sin will be removed. What are the three things? The penalty of sin, the power of sin, and the presence of sin. Okay? So today, we have overcome the penalty of sin. We, as we continually walk with Jesus, we have overcome the power of sin. But the presence of still sin is still there. And, 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 the, and the writer of this psalm, David, he says, because I have sinned, I know I have fallen sick. Because there are others who have sinned around me, I know that we have fallen sick. Okay? But then he says, I pray in my sickness, in my challenge, I pray, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. This is the season we have been declaring that scripture, right? Your mercy it endures forever and ever. And, and so David is praying this prayer and he's, he's saying, God, I know that the sickness that I'm struggling with, the, the issue that I'm struggling with is a result of sin. It's a result of somebody's sin. It may be my sin or somebody else's sin or it may be Adam and Eve's sin. Whatever reason why I'm going through this sickness, it's because of sin. So right now I'm going to cry out and I'm going to, I'm going to cling to mercy. And I'm going to say, Lord, have mercy on me for I need healing. Because I, I, need, uh, I need healing. It says, heal me for I have sinned against you. So this healing is, is external and internal at the same time. You know, if there is a sin that has caused internal struggle, internal discrepancies, internal diseases. The Lord says, as you cling to the mercy, you are going to be healed. The Lord is going to answer our prayer. If you come to the New Testament, there is somebody who echoed this prayer. You remember this? Somebody came to Jesus saying, son of David, let's read that scripture. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27 onwards. And as we read this scripture, my hope and my prayer is that 
every pearl we receive from this scripture, this will become the foundation on which we can walk in consistent healing. Not only will this become the foundation on which we can walk in healing, but this can become the foundation on which we can administer this healing to others. Okay, let's read. It says verse 27, after Jesus left the girl's home. So that is a context there, which means Jesus had healed somebody there. Okay, Jesus had raised somebody from the dead. Okay, and after Jesus left that girl's home, it says two blind men, they followed along behind. Okay, so what do you see? How, what is the posture of these two blind men? They are following Jesus. They have a pursuit of Jesus. Okay, it's not like they met Jesus and immediately they got healed. So there was a process, there was a waiting period. There was a pursuit that was required from their end. They needed to go after Jesus. See, they, they probably thought, okay, wow, Jesus is in a mood to heal. Let me stand outside the door. If he sees me, he may want to heal me. But then that didn't happen. So they said, no, we are now going to follow him. Now we are going to pursue him. Now we are going to go after him. Okay? And these two blind men, they continue to follow him. Now, you, you understand that those days there's no cars, there's no vehicles. So they are, they are walking and they are walking and walking and walking. And there are thousands of people who want to follow this Jesus. Right? And these these guys, they kept their pursuit on from one place to the other. It says that he left one home until he entered the next home. These guys continued to follow him. Till he entered the next home. They continued to follow him. They continued to pursue him. They continued to go after him. This morning, the Lord is asking you to be diligent in your pursuit of his presence. Diligent to be consistent in your pursuit of his presence. Now, now, I'm not saying only if you pursue him will you be healed, but I'm saying that, hey, if there has to be a healing that needs to manifest, either you or somebody that is praying for you need to pursue Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? If, if the world needs to be healed, the church needs to pursue Jesus. Now, we can't wait for the world to pursue him. But you and I, we need to pursue Jesus. We need to sit in his presence. Why are we spending so much time in, in worship? Why are we spending our Wednesday nights just seeking the face of God? Because those are times where we pursue his face. We follow him. We, we go after his presence. That's what we are doing every night for 30 minutes together as a church. When we pray together, what are we doing? We are following him. We are pursuing his heart so that somebody else can be healed. We may need a healing sometimes, but other times our pursuit of Jesus will be the reason for somebody else to be healed, somebody else to be restored. Amen? Amen. Then it goes on to say, not only did they pursue, but they, it was an active and an aggressive pursuit. What, what were they doing the whole time that they pursued? It says, they were, they were shouting, saying, Son of David, have Mercy on us. The whole duration from this place to the other, the whole time they were shouting. They were not whispering. They were not, you know, trying to be decent about it. They, they were just shouting. They were aggressive. They were constantly, uh, you know, active in their pursuit of Jesus. And this season, the Lord is asking the church, the Lord is asking us to be violent in our pursuit of healing. 
Oh, I'm telling you, if we can, if we can pursue Jesus like these two blind men pursued him, if we can go after him saying, Lord, we want to see your healing manifest in my city. We want to see your healing manifest in my nation. We want to see your healing manifest in my community, in my, in my locality. You have to contend with that when you are you know, taking your morning walks or evening walks. You need to walk around your neighborhood and you have to, you have to, you have to let your pursuit be aggressive. Let people... Hear what you're praying if required. You know, be, it's okay to be embarrassed. It's okay to do things that may look foolish to others. But it's necessary that in this season we will become violent in our pursuit of the kingdom of God. If we have to establish the kingdom of God, if we have to establish a, a community, a system where we see his grace, his mercy manifest. What were they praying? They were saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. You remember, this is the same thing that David prayed, right? And, and they are echoing the prayer that David prayed in, in Psalm 41. And, and they are praying, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. See, they're saying, will you be our nurse? Will you be our protector? Will you be the one that will prosper us one more time? Will you be the one who will come to help us when we are in trouble? We are dependent on you, Jesus. We are dependent on you. Have mercy on us. That is their prayer. Now, the Bible says in the next verse, verse 28, that they went right into the house where he was staying. So no protocols followed. No respect, nothing. They're like, you know, not may I enter in, can we come in, nothing like that. Jesus, we heard that Jesus is here. See, you should understand, these guys, they are blind in the first place. How did the blind people follow? How did the blind people? So, so you know, we all have our excuses, right? Wait, you know, it's a lockdown. You know, wait, I have too much work in this season. Wait, uh, you know, I have like so many things to do because of my financial condition. You know, we have our limitation. We'll, we, we know how to give the excuses in the right place. And these guys, if they would give the excuse saying, wait, we are blind, we cannot follow Jesus, they will never be healed. Because of them, nobody else will be healed either. But because these guys decided, no matter what, we are going, going right in. We are not even going to stand at the doorstep. It's not like they didn't know that they're entering into a house that is not theirs. But they still went ahead. They still budged into the house. The Bible says they went right into the house where Jesus was staying, continuing to shout, Son of David, have mercy on us. And that's when Jesus finally asked. Look at this, okay? Jesus chose to ignore them for the whole duration. This is where we get discouraged, church. This is where we, get, we give up. This is when we are like, okay, this Jesus doesn't work for me. I don't know who this Jesus is. I know everybody else is talking about this Jesus, but it doesn't work for me. I did my part. I paid my dues. I made sure to follow the right you know, methods and all of that. I spoke to the disciples. I followed Jesus. I did everything that pastor told me to do. But uh, Jesus, no response from Jesus. He didn't even turn around to see who I was. He didn't even turn around to see how urgent my need is. He didn't even ask me what I needed. He didn't ask me nothing. No response from Jesus for the whole process. 
Church, this season, I'm telling you, if we are going to be moved by when we have a supernatural move of God and only then we will pursue him, only then we will pray, when we will feel the presence of God, only then. No, guys, we will be deceived because the enemy is a master at deceiving your senses to stop you from seeing what Jesus is seeing. So even if they can't see, even if, they, even if they could have seen, they could not have seen that Jesus, even though he's walking in that direction, his eyes are still fixed on you. His heart is still focused on you. They, they couldn't have seen that. And the enemy is a master at blinding you to the work of God in your life. And the Lord is saying, hey, church, in this season, do not give up. When I don't answer, do not give up. When I don't give you a word, do not give up. When things don't work for you, do not give up. When you see your problems becoming more challenging, do not give up. The Lord is giving us an instruction in this season saying, you do not have the right or the ground to quit today because you serve a living God, because you serve a Jesus. The Bible says, finally, when they reach that point, when they reach that point where the, the story is going to climax, where they're going to reach the point where they're going to face a reality, Jesus asked them a question. Jesus said, hey, I acknowledge the fact that you pursued me. I acknowledge the fact that you shout. I acknowledge the fact that you need mercy. This is what I want to hear from you, honestly. I, I'm glad. Jesus didn't say, why are you shouting? Which means that was good. Jesus didn't say, hey, why are you saying have mercy on me? Which means that was also right. There was nothing untheological about saying, son of David, have mercy on me. There was nothing about, wow, why did you come into my house? Why did you pursue me so long? Nothing wrong about what they did. But the question that Jesus asked them is this. Do you Belief. It's not how hard you can pray. It's not even about how can you shout a little more louder. Let me see if, if it will really work. He's not saying, can you pursue me from this house to the next house and let me see if I would like to heal you. He's not even saying, let me see how aggressive you can become. He's saying, let me see your faith. Show me your faith. Do you believe? See, see, you remember last time, he didn't ask that to, the, to that guy. Do you remember? Yeah. His, his question was not, do you believe? His question was, do you want it? Do you desire healing? Okay? Here, the subject is not healing. Here, the subject is Jesus. He's saying, do you believe that I can make you see? See, what was the last story? The last story was, do you want to get well? I was not in the picture at all, right? See, hope, that's why I said you can have hope without God in the picture. That is why a lot of people use that even without a relationship with God, right? Now, but when it comes to faith, you cannot have faith without God in the picture. When it comes to believing, you cannot do that without God being part and process of that believing. That's why Jesus says, hey, do you believe that I can make, that I am able? The, the KJV Bible says that, do you believe that I am able in your life? Do you believe that I am able to make you see? That is the question Jesus is asking them. Do you believe that I can help you? 
This season, the Lord is asking the church the same question. Do you believe that I am an able God? Do you believe that I am capable? Or do you trust the statistics more? Or do you trust the opinions of the world better? Or do you trust what the enemy is saying and doing? No, the Lord is asking us today, do you believe that I can do this? Do, do you believe that I am able to do this? So Jesus was waiting to see what their response is going to be. Now in this season, I want you to go back. This is a, this is a homework that I'm going to give you, okay? Go back after today and go and research all those scriptures in the Bible that says, I am able, that God is able. There are plenty of scriptures. If you, if you can't go through the trouble, just type it on Google saying, all the scriptures that say God is able. I want you to go pick them up one by one and begin to declare that over your life. Because God is asking you, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to save you? Do you believe that I'm able to heal you? Do you believe that I'm able to provide for you? You know, especially in the New Testament, you'll find so many scriptures. One scripture that we have been confessing every Sunday in church, in benediction, Ephesians chapter 3. Now, our God is able to give us infinitely more than we can ask or think or even imagine. Amen? Our God, He is able. Now, the church, church, let me, let me, let me re-emphasize this. The Lord is asking you, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you have faith? Do you trust this promise that I have given you? Do you really, are you willing to stand on this? on what I am able to do. Not what I have done, but what I am able to do. Okay. So many of us, we are waiting for God to do something so we can worship Him, so we can express our faith, so we can do something. But God's question is not what I have done. God's question is, do you know what I am able to do? Are you willing to worship me for what I am capable of? Don't wait for your blessing to come. Don't wait for your miracle to come. Don't wait for your breakthrough to be released so that you can express your faith in God. Because anybody can do that. Come on, who cannot worship God once you have a breakthrough? It takes somebody that has faith to worship God, to trust in Him, to express their love, their devotion, even when God has not done it, but understanding that God is able to do it. Our trust in this season is not in just, see, we are not saying that what God has done in the past is, is insignificant. No. Oh my God, if we have to go back into our history, you know, we can start all the way, you know, from when we were conceived in our mother's womb. The Bible says he fashioned us and he, he formed us from there till here. Every day, every moment, he was working on our lives, okay? Now, that doesn't require faith. Worshipping God for that doesn't require faith. Worshipping God for what he did on the, on the Calvary doesn't require faith. Because you like it or not, that's a fact. That's a truth that happened in history. It's, it's a well-known fact, right? But what you need to worship God, what you need to trust God, what you need to express your belief and faith for are the things that God is able to do. Able to do. See, Jonah, when he went to Nineveh, 
He never thought in a million years that God is able to turn this whole city upside down in three days. Because this guy has been a prophet in Israel. Okay? And Israel never repented. And Israel never turned to God. And Jonah goes to Nineveh and three days, a wicked city like Nineveh, they, they don't have the Torah, they don't have the, the prophets like the Israelites have, they don't have a history with God. How do you expect revival to come in Nineveh? See, Nineveh is like New York in our day and time. It's like the, the capital of the Assyrian kingdom, which is the most powerful kingdom of the whole world. Okay, and the Bible says, and he went to Nineveh and he preached in three nights. Oh my God, three days and three nights. The whole city turned around from the king to the most poor person. Everybody turned around. Is our God able to do that in Bangalore? Is our God able to do that in India? Oh church, do you believe that? God is asking you, do you believe what I am able to do? Without a pause, without a moment's gap, they replied saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we do. We do. Come on, for a, for a quick moment. I want you to confess what you believe, okay? For a quick moment. I want you to disconnect from everything else and I want you to confess. Yes, Lord, I do. Yes, Lord, I believe that this is possible. Yes, Lord, I believe that you will, you will bring all the things that you promised to me. It will come to pass. Yes, Lord, I trust you. Yes, Lord, I believe that my marriage will be fixed. Yes, Lord, I believe that my finances will be provided for. Yes, Lord, I believe that my physical health will not be a barrier for anything that you want to do in my life. Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, we do. Right now, we believe that you are going to send revival in Bangalore. Yes, Lord, I believe you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than what we would ask or think. We believe that. We trust in that. We declare that today as a church over the city, over the nation of India. And yes, Lord, we believe. We believe that COVID cases in Bangalore and in India can come to zero. Yes, we believe. Yes, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't sound practical or logical, but we believe that you are able to do it and we worship you not just for the things you have done, but for the things that you are able to do, for the things that you are capable of doing. We worship you, Daddy. We worship you, Abba, for what you are able to do. We respond to this invitation that you have extended to us this morning and we say, yes, Lord, we believe. Yes, Lord, we believe, we agree that you are able. Verse 29, so beautiful. It says, then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith. Another translation says, according to your faith, which means according to the measure of your faith, the maturity of your faith, the strength of your faith, this will happen. Okay? So if your faith's strength is that, that I will have 10% vision back, then you will have 10% vision back. It says according to your faith. Okay? Not just because of your faith, but according to your faith. In proportion to your faith. In proportion to what you believe, what you trust. In proportion to that, it will happen. In proportion to that. According to your faith. So the Lord is telling us today, according to your faith, 
the Lord is going to do mighty things. According to your faith, the Lord is going to do powerful things. Amen. And it goes on to say, then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. And as soon as that word was released, it says, then their eyes, they, it were opened and they could see immediately. Jesus spoke to them and Jesus touched them and immediately they could see. Immediately they could understand. They could perceive everything around them. Immediately they could see. Now, we have to expect this kind of miracles in our city, in our nation. We have to expect this kind of miracles happening as the video comes into your homes. We have to expect this kind of breakthroughs happening. Then Jesus, the Bible says, then Jesus sternly warned them. What did he say? Don't tell anyone about this. Okay? But let's read what they did. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. All over the region. They were undignified about it. They're like, no way. We, we can't do this. See, they're not talking about their testimony. They're talking about his fame what he has done. See, there's a big difference between last time's testimony and this time's testimony. Last time's testimony was, hey, I got healed. I don't know who healed me. If he reveals himself, I will show you too. I don't know how this happened. I just got an instruction, but I'm healed. This is my testimony. Okay, the focus was on my testimony. But this time, the focus is not on me. That's what faith does. When, when we move in faith and when God does things in response to faith, the focus is hardly on us. The focus is on him because the Bible says they went and spread his fame everywhere. Throughout the region, they went and spread his fame. Now, there is a powerful concept you need to understand here. How did these guys follow Jesus? Why did these guys follow Jesus? Because? How did they know he could heal? Because they heard a story somewhere. Because they couldn't see, but they heard a story. They heard something about Jesus. See, the first story, it says this man came to Jesus and said, I don't know if it is your will to heal me, but if you could, if you would like to, will you please heal me? Okay, so he's very uncertain, okay? But this story, it says that they knew, they had heard, they already had heard his fame elsewhere. So now they are coming in response to that fame that had already spread about Jesus. And they are coming and saying, Lord, you are the son of God. You are the son of David. Will you have mercy on us? Because we believe, we trust the fact that you are able to make us well. Okay? So, so now they understood. This is how we got healed. Now if, now, if others have to get healed, we have to talk about this to others. Now, if somebody else needs to reach out to the same Jesus, we need to be consciously uh, echoing our testimony, echoing our experience. That's why the Bible says they went around spreading, not their own fame. They didn't become famous. Jesus became famous because of what happened to these two guys. Let's, let's talk about faith for a little bit. You know, if you go into the book of Romans, chapter 10, we will understand faith in, a, in, in its uh, action, how it is expressed, how we need to express faith. Because so many times 
we believe but we don't know how to bring that belief out we don't know how to express that belief right let's go to romans chapter 10 and we'll begin with verse 9 this is a verse that all of us are familiar with and we all we have memorized this verse okay if you have not memorized this verse if you are not uh, not aware of this verse i'd like to invite you to receive jesus right now because this is like the foundational verse by which we are saved we experience salvation let's read it it says if you openly declare that jesus is lord and if you believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead what will happen you will be saved so there are two things that that you see there what is the first thing you confess or you openly declare okay not not in your heart not whispering to yourself but openly confess the people around you they are able to hear what you confess what you believe what you understand about this jesus if you openly declare that jesus is lord that's not enough he's not saying either or you know either or statements correct either you believe in your heart or you confess with your mouth it's not saying either or it is saying and both of it is necessary so you need to believe and you need to declare and you need to confess and it says if you confess and also you have believed in your heart that god has raised this jesus from the dead then you will be saved so faith has two elements to it faith has an element of belief in your heart and it has an element of what you confess with your mouth so so many times it it requires for us to begin with a confession and then it will over a period of time it will become a belief so many times the things that we pray and the things that we sing we don't really believe nothing is impossible we we sing that in church right but then we go out from monday to saturday man this i am i don't think this will ever happen to me we confess the exact opposite because we don't really believe what we actually sang in church but it's not it's not a sin to do that because that's that it's ill slowly what we believe that's why it says if you believe if you confess first if you openly declare first and as you grow in revelation of who this jesus is and as you grow in your experience with this jesus you know so so these guys when they began their journey itself they began shouting out loud right they began confessing their faith and their desire to receive mercy from jesus but it took that journey for them to go from one house to the other house where finally when they reached not only did they confess but now they also believed in their heart because that's what jesus pointed out to i don't just want to hear what you what you confess i want to know what you believe okay so both is necessary sometimes we may believe something but we confess the opposite thing you know in our hearts we know and we know and we know that god is our healer but when we open our mouth we confess the exact opposite so that negates the healing that god wants to give us that negates that it just you know everything comes crashing down all that that faith it's it's like anything multiplied by zero is zero you 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 cannot say i have 10000 uh, you know percentage belief in my heart with zero confessions there's zero uh, you you cannot say okay wait i you know i i don't believe this in my heart but because pastor has said no i have to confess these verses 
I'll confess. Day and night, I'll just sit and confess. No belief, but so many confessions together, it leads you to nothing. That's why both of it is necessary. Belief and confession. So it says, what you openly declare with your mouth and what you believe in your heart is essential for you to be saved. And I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Pastor, this is something we give to newcomers or to people who are unbelievers. Why are we talking about this in a, in a series called Healing? Let's, let's study that word saved, shall we? Okay, if you, if you click on the word saved, you know, if you have that uh, King James Strong Bible, click on that word saved and let's study what does it really mean. Sijo, come. I need to show this to the uh, people watching. Show it. Show them what it says, okay? It says, the word it says, the, the root word is sozo. Sozo. Okay, that's the root word. When it, when it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be sozoed. Sozo, okay, that is the word. Let me read out the definition of sozo, okay? This is what it says. It says, to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to, 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 be, to be made well, and to be made whole. Now talk about the scripture in the light of healing. What is Paul teaching us? Paul is saying, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be preserved? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be restored? Then you need to confess and you need to believe. The Thayer's definition, it says to save, to keep safe and sound, and to rescue from danger or destruction. You know, another word says to, to save uh, from disease, from suffering, to, to be healed, to be restored to health. See, that is what Paul is trying to say. Paul is not just talking about your soul's salvation. When he says sozo, when he uses the word sozo, he's not just talking about you going to heaven. He's talking about you experiencing wholeness. He's talking about you experiencing salvation from sin and healing from sickness, wholeness, sozo, wholeness, that you be made whole. Amen? So now that we understand that this word saved can also be used as healed, now let's read verse 9 one more time, okay? What does it say? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be healed. Let's replace that word saved with healed. Can we? Okay? One more time, okay? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be healed. Amen. So you openly declare and then you believe in your heart. That's what the two blind men did. They openly declared on their way from that previous house to this house and they believed that he is able, that he can do it. And instantly he reached out and touched him and they were healed. 
And I, I'm taking time to drive this point across into your hearts because I know that as you hear this word, your faith is becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. And you will reach that point of climax that the, the two blind men reached. And you will experience the same healing and the same restoration that the two blind men received from Jesus. Amen? Verse 10, it says, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith, wait a minute, that you are healed. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you cannot use saved. I'm just telling you the other meaning of that same word, sozo, is heal, is to be made whole, right? So I'm just going to use the other word for the rest of this scripture. Every time the word saved comes, I'm going to use the word healed, okay? So it says, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are healed. So in this season, the Lord is inviting the church to release declarations. From Monday to Saturday, let your declarations, let your confessions be heard in the atmosphere over the city. Let your declarations be heard over Nigeria. See, you may be sitting in Bangalore, but you can make declarations over your home country back home. You may be sitting in India and you can make declarations over United States of America. You may be in the Gulf, but you can make declarations over your hometown in Kerala. There is nothing that is impossible when you declare. The Bible says if you openly declare it, when you believe and you declare, you will see the healing power of God manifest on your behalf in Jesus' mighty name. It goes on to say verse 11. As the scriptures tell us, anyone, come on loudly, anyone who trusts in him will never, somebody said never, never be disgraced, never be disgraced. Anyone who trusts in him. My father, he ministered this word a couple of Sundays back from Jeremiah. Cursed is anybody that trusts in himself, but blessed are those who make their, the Lord their God their refuge, who put their trust in the Lord their God. Amen? I pray that in this season when we trust in the Lord, I know that there are so many options around us. I know that we know how to skip what is happening in the world around us. We have our own ways. We, are, we, we, we have researched this well. We read the newspaper well. We read all the uh, reports, all the Twitter news, all the, all the fake WhatsApp news. We, we've tried that onion and that, you know, all the juices that they tell us to drink. And we've, we've, we've done everything, right? But today, the Lord is inviting you to trust him. Will you trust me with your words? And will you trust me with your belief? Will you, will you express your trust in me today? Because if you do trust in me, you will never be disgraced. This is a blessing the Lord is speaking over you. Verse 13, let's skip verse 12. Let's go to verse 13. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Wait. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be healed. You remember, we are, we are changing, we are interchanging some scriptures today. Which we, are, we are using a different term for the word saved. For everyone. It's not saying, see, you remember, there was an all-inclusiveness when we read Psalm 41. And the same thing here, everyone who calls on him 
never, those who trust in him will never be disgraced. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be healed. We need to have that level of arrogant confidence to believe this, to confess this, and to declare this day after day. Yes, my city, in my city, there will be no more deaths. Yes, you know, one of the things that the newspapers have been telling us is that there are a lot of young people dying. But we're going to declare, because there are people that are calling on the name of the Lord in this church, in this house, my city will be free of young people whose destinies are being aborted, whose destinies are being stopped for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Because we call on the name of the Lord on behalf of these guys, we declare, we release healing in the mighty name of Jesus. We release healing to be released into their homes. We release healing into those hospital beds right now to the north, the south, the east, and the west of this nation where Wherever my voice travels, we speak resurrection power be released in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be healed. It says in verse 14. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Are you ready for this? This is where we have a responsibility now. Okay? It says, but how can they call on him to heal them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? See, this is what the blind men understood. They're like, wait a minute. We cannot keep this to ourselves because if these guys don't hear about him, they can never believe. If they don't believe, they can never be healed. That's why the Bible says these blind men, they went about talking to everybody in the region saying, Jesus heals. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can help you. Jesus is able. He is powerful. He is capable. I have seen, I've tested and tasted and seen that he is able. Now he is able to do that for you. Okay? Now the Bible says, how can they call on him to heal them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him Unless someone tells them. Unless someone tells them. I thank God for those in this place. Those that are watching me. Those that are going to be spokespersons of the healing power of God. Of the ability of, of God. Of the capability of God. Don't, don't, don't spend all your time glorifying what the devil is doing. No, let, let not your social medias be filled with what the enemy is doing and what the government is doing and what the world is doing. Now, I, I know that we want, to be, we want to be expressive. We want to raise a voice and we want to talk about all the bad things that are happening there. But can you be a spokesperson that will bring faith to people, that will help people connect to the right source, to the right media? This is the media. This is where they can be helped. This is where they can be healed. They can be healed in the presence of Jesus. So the Bible says, so can, can somebody be the ones that will tell them so they will hear? How can they hear about Jesus, what he can do, what he's able to do, unless someone tells them? Come on, keep your hand on your mouth right now and say, I, 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 I anoint my mouth. I anoint my tongue to speak about what he is able to do. 
Yes, right now. No, no, no. I'm not going to be telling people about what he is not able to do. I, I speak an anointing upon my tongue to become a spokesperson of who God is and what he is able to do. I will become, this season, my tongue will carry life. I know life and death are the power of my tongue. And so in this season, my tongue will carry life in Jesus' mighty name. Verse 15. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? So this morning, I'm sending you out from this place. I'm sending you out. I'm sending your voices from wherever you are locked up in your homes. I'm, I'm asking you to release your voices, release your words to the ends of the earth. Let your voice be heard. I'm praying that you will be sent out of this house. Not just that we come into this house, but we'll, we'll go out of this house. And it says, that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So that's, that's what the two blind men were doing. They were bringing good news wherever they went. Right? And the Bible says how beautiful are their feet. The Bible doesn't say how beautiful are their eyes that can see now. It says how beautiful are their feet because now they bring good news. Now they bring news about what Jesus is able to do. They bring the news of his healing, his sozo power. Verse 16, but not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? Verse 17, we'll finish with this verse. It says, so faith, it comes from hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. Faith comes. It comes when you hear the good news, what God is speaking, what God is declaring. When you hear that, when you believe that, when you trust in that, the Lord says, those who trust in me will never be disgraced. So this morning, faith, it is coming to you when you're hearing this good news about what Jesus can do. Faith is being released in your heart. And it's not enough that this faith be released in your heart. Now you need to be the propagator of this faith for somebody else. So that somebody else can experience that sozo. Somebody else can experience that preserving power. Somebody else can experience that grace to walk in health and wholeness in this season. In Jesus mighty name. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. In verse 1. Jesus said this about himself. Now we are going to confess this about ourselves today. One, two, three, go. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Let's, let's declare that one more time. Let's confess that. See, this is a confession of our mouth and this is what we also believe in our heart. Okay? Because this is going to release healing. I want you to declare this over and over for the rest of the week. Just keep declaring this over yourself. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me, my tongue. He has anointed my tongue, my voice, 
to do what to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to comfort the broken hearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed he has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the lord's favor has come one more time one last time come on whatever you are struggling with the lord is saying this season take the focus off of yourself and put it on somebody else you remember that's what we began with psalm 41 the bible says blessed are those who are considering the poor right and in this season we 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 read what the scripture says that when you consider the poor the lord will come for you when you are in trouble when you are going through a sickness the lord will come to help you right so this morning we are taking the focus off of ourselves and we are putting it on the world around us we are putting it on the people that need this healing that needs this that need this grace and we are going to say the spirit of the sovereign lord is now upon me he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to comfort the broken hearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed in Jesus mighty name verse 2 he has sent me to tell all those who mourn that the time of the lord's favor has come he has sent me to tell all those who mourn that the time has come thank you for tuning in for today's sermon we hope it blessed you do visit us at dreamingrevival.com for more information You're welcome to tune in every Sunday for our live celebration service at 11 a.m. at youtube.com/pastorpriji. God bless you and have a blessed week.